0: Inspire Radio, bringing the feel-good feeling to every day. A warm welcome to the Inspire Radio podcast. The Inspire Radio podcast is an opportunity to listen again to one of the thought-provoking and inspirational interviews brought to you by the team here at Inspire Radio inspire radio is online 24 hours a day seven days a week with inspirational guests from around the world feel good music the quiet zone inspire smooth the meditation hour as well inspire radio is your truly feel good radio station sit back and enjoy the podcast from the team at inspire radio
1: with inspirational guests from across the world This is Inspire Radio.
0: This week's episode of Inspired Conversations with Ruth Owen includes content of a sexual nature. This this, This is Inspire Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to Inspired Conversations with me, Ruth Owen. Today, my guest is Eric Everhard. He is a professional porn star and he was a porn star for over 20 years and won numerous awards for his performance. He studied NLP in America and then went on a path of self-discovery. He's just written a book called Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers, A Porn Star's Guide to Sexual Mastery. And he aims to teach men elite sexual skills to have confidence with women. So welcome, Eric.
2: Thank you for having me, Ruth.
1: Well, it's fantastic to have you here because um, you've been on a very interesting journey. So take us back to the beginning. How did you get started in pornography?
2: Oh, boy. So... The beginning journey started in uh, 1998. I was going to massage therapy school, actually. I was studying to be a massage therapist, mainly because I was just confused with what I wanted to do. I had been going to university, didn't find anything that really, really excited me when I was there. So I dropped out from there. And then I was uh, heavily into bodybuilding, working out. and, uh, And one day, On lunch break, we all go to the lunchroom and they have uh, newspapers there. So I pick up a copy of the local newspaper and I see this advertisement looking for women and couples to do a porno movie. And I thought to myself, wow, okay." And I used to uh, I used to date this one girl who used to joke, of course, you know, she because sometimes we would watch, you know, the occasional porno movie together. And she would joke at me and say, Oh, you know, you could do that, right? Like you're you're well endowed. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, sweetheart. You know, because yeah. you know, from a guy's perspective, you're thinking, well, okay, any girl that I'm dating is gonna say I'm wonderful, even if I'm not. So I really took it with a grain of salt, but here I am, I've got this ad in front of me, and I'm like thinking, wow you know, she said I would be good at that. Maybe uh, I should check this out. So I, I give them a call and of course they reject me. Right. And now after having been in the business for over 20 years, like I understand it, you know, very few guys, especially back then could do the job. I would say it would be, I don't know if the odds would be one in a thousand, but something close to that.
1: You would imagine. Well, I don't know. I I, I don't have intimate knowledge of (laughs) porn stars, to be honest, but I would imagine there were plenty of guys around who were good at performing that way
2: no and and that's that's really what i started to realize if you look at today right it's like well why are the, all these companies there uh, you know the the pharmaceutical companies right they're they're pushing the the viagra they're pushing the cialis they're pushing whatever new drug is going to magically make you perform and it's because nobody is confident as soon as they have to get naked, right? It's like, and, and we could really step back and 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 meta out to the world at large. I mean, look at men. It's like, we're trying to be successful. We want to have the best car, the best watch, the best this, but it's all, in some ways, it's all this big armor shield because we're so terrified of what people would think of us if we were just naked and we had nothing, right? And you, you really see that, that mentality play out, at least I see it with a lot of guys, where they can be super, super, super confident in one area. But when it comes to performing in the bedroom, they are not confident at all.
1: Well, hang on a minute, you know, if you're if you're being asked to perform in front of a live audience with a camera looking at you, and and people around watching you, that's supposed to turn off for anybody, isn't it?
2: Well, that, that's that's what separates the, the professionals from the amateurs, really, in that respect. And what it taught me was just all the different techniques that you could use to overcome that sort of level of anxiety, right? And, and that's one of the things that I, I, I teach a lot of men, because, you know, my experience when it came to coaching men, you know, my, my experience isn't from reading books. It's not, you know, from having a Ph.D., for me, it was boots on the ground, things that I had to learn to overcome and different ways to overcome them so that I could do my job effectively. Because there's a saying in the business, you're only as good as your last scene," and, it, and it's really, really true, right? Like you, you have a very short leash in the pornography business as to how many times you might be allowed to fail. Yeah, because you think about it, right? It's like uh, here, this company, they've uh, they have hired the director, they've hired the girl, they've hired you, they've hired a location, they've got the makeup artist, they've got uh, the lighting crew, they've put a lot of money on the line. And now all that money is riding on you and that little piece of flesh between your legs, getting it together. Like it's all riding on that. <laughs> if that doesn't happen, suddenly they've lost a lot of money. So that's also why you would always see the same cast of characters over and over and over, right? Because from the company standpoint, they're like, okay, (laughs) this person is proven. We know he's going to come here at 11 o'clock. We know he's going to be done by 1.30. We're going to have a movie. We're good. And so that's why you always see the same people over and over and over again.
1: And what if your co-star, shall we say, is somebody you don't particularly like and you don't like their body? It doesn't, doesn't jive with your body, but you still have to perform. So how do you deal with that?
2: Well, this is interesting. And this was something that I discovered. And, um, and I've helped a lot of guys with this, is I, I quickly realized you have two different types of erections. And the problem that most people have done is they've collapsed them into one. So they think there is just one kind of erection and there's not, there's two. So there is the first kind of erection, which is the standard one most people think of. And that is um, what I call the uh, erection of the mind or the spontaneously created erection, right? And that means you as a man, you are either seeing something visually or you are interacting with a significant other, but you are not actually in any way, shape, or form, touching yourself in any way, right? So it's like you're you're kissing somebody, and it's like boom, right? You've got this erection in your pants, like just angry wood, just trying to pop out, or you know, you see something, right? Or there's you know, there's a thought, and then you know that mental state, it's like it's going down there and it's creating, right? But it's just spontaneous. Well, there's a second type, and the second type that I realized is is what I call you know the 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 physically created hard on or the the hard on of direct stimulation. And it is completely separate from your mind. So you have to understand, uh, because I've I've seen many men that I've worked with, they'll be interacting with a woman, you know, that they've just met and maybe they're kissing, they're making out and they don't, they don't produce a hard on and they think, oh my God, something's wrong with me. I'm broken. And I, and I'm trying to tell them, I'm like, look, if I was relying on that first type of hard on, I would have been fired after a week. (laughs) Like I would have not, I would have not have had a 22 year career, right? Because you never know what's causing that. Like it's, it's so random. You could on Monday morning, kiss your girlfriend and you just have this angry wood, just, you know, ready to just jump out of your pants. And then Wednesday, nothing has changed, right? You ate the same breakfast, you did everything the same and you uh, kiss your significant other. And I mean, it is like a tiny little worm, just like stuffed in a, in a, in a hole in the ground, right? Like it's that shriveled and that small. Like there's just nothing coming out, and there's no explanation. There there is none. Like you just cannot, you cannot rely on on that type of hard on. So it's not easily reproducible, and it's not reliable. So when you're in a situation where maybe you aren't visually or mentally turned on by somebody, you have that second type of direct stimulation hard on that does exist. And that's a cookie jar you can go into and pull a cookie out of metaphorically speaking. And it's always there. And it is, it is very reliable. And even for guys that are struggling with a woman that they love, to know that they can go and metaphorically and literally take control. And, you know, that's powerful because now they realize, oh, wait, I am in control. I can get this together. It is all up to me. It's not because of her. I can do it. Right.
1: Yeah, because wasn't there an occasion you were asked to film and it was outside somewhere in Northern California and it was really cold and windy and you were asked to perform and you didn't think you'd be able to do it because it was so cold.
2: Oh yeah. Well, funny enough, uh, the day in question was actually my very first scene ever in Los Angeles. Prior to that, I'd worked in Canada for about six to eight months. And then uh, then I was gonna, you know, make my mark in Los Angeles, so to speak. So I had uh, traveled down and I got booked on this 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 group scene, you know, it was a it was a gangbang. And I remember I didn't really put a lot of thought into what the weather was going to be like, and this was an all day production. So as the sun went down, the wind was kicking up. We were on this um, construction site because we were all supposed to be construction workers. And so the wind is howling and we've got dust flying everywhere and the dust is in the lube and it's on your hands and it's just, it's just a messy situation. And then it's freezing cold. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, when we were towards the end of the uh, shoot, that, you know, this time that I was, you know, getting getting this erection back, I was just solely focused on feeling the pure sensations that I was I was feeling, because that was the only way I could get through the bitter cold. And this like, my mind was just super hyper focused on what I was doing. And on feeling the sensations I was creating in my penis, because at that point I said, "Well, if I get this up again, it is going to be the last time. Like I have to do this, and then we have to finish because I I don't think I can do this again." And uh, yeah, and we completed that day, and and uh, I I learned a lot of lessons that day. That was uh, that was probably one of the most defining moments of my career because after that day, suddenly my work schedule exploded because they were like, oh, wow, this, this guy's good. And and I was so naive at the time. I had, I had no idea what good even was. I was just going out there trying to, trying to, you know, do the best that I could. Right.
1: And to have continually produced the goods as it were over 20 years, that's quite a long time to sustain that level of intensity. So what do you put that down to?
2: There's a number of things. Um, I would say one is professionalism. Um, two would be being very methodical. Like I never set myself up for anything but success, and and you you have to come at it from that perspective because I really took it as as a job and not like um, I'm meaning to say that that it's like, oh, woe is me. You know, that guy was working in a factory. (laughs) That's not what I'm getting. But, but I mean, you, you really had to come at it from a professional perspective because, you know, if you're a sports athlete, right. I mean, the good sports athletes, they are not going out and getting hammered and doing cocaine and doing that. Like they're not up till four in the morning. If they're, you know, a really good athlete, they're going to bed at 10 o'clock and, you know, they're up in the morning and they're eating their Wheaties and, you know, they're Preparing their day, maybe they're doing some meditation. Like they're 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 serious about their craft. And when you're doing anything that that involves the physicality, especially the physicality at that level, I mean, it's master. You know, if you're thinking about like penile mastery, in some ways, for a guy, I think in some ways it's the ultimate level of mastery because you know there's so many other things that you could easily master. You know, some people they're like, well, okay, I can master. I can master my money, I can master my mindset. But for so many people, you know, that part of their body has a mind of its own. And you have to figure out, okay, how can I control something that is a part of me but is not as easy to control as like, hey, I'm wiggling my hand, I'm wiggling my toe, I'm running as fast as I can. The your penis sometimes will have its own decision on how things are going to go, and you have to you have to find a way to override that. And and you can do it with your mind, but it it takes work. And so you also want to set yourself up just so that your body is going to perform at its peak, no matter what. And obviously your routine, how you approach things, the fact that you don't party, the fact that you work out, the fact that you take your vitamins every day, all that stuff really plays into it. So I think to answer your question, you know, really setting yourself up for success, to me was key. And then also, you know, you have to love it. You know, like, like, from my background, I've always loved women. And if you don't love something, there's no way that you could maintain being the top of, I don't care, any, any vocation, any job. Like you're never going to sit at the top of the heap for that long if you don't love what you do.
1: Let me ask you about pornography, the nature of it, mm-hmm. because a lot of people are against it, not only from a moralistic standpoint, but you know the the consensus perhaps amongst some people is that it doesn't show women in a very respectful light so what's your take on that because you've obviously worked with hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of women on films and pornography so well wow, okay so, this
2: is hmm. this is interesting um because I have a lot of different thoughts on it so let's kind of break this all down i mean if i were to look at you know, just pornography as a whole, right? Like if we're just looking at how does it how does it work for society, then I would say from from my experience, having been in it for so long, um, I've found after my entire career, I would say it skews slightly net negative. And what I mean by that is OK, if, if we had, say, negative 10, which is, oh, my God, we're all going to go, you know, burn in hell and, and the, the world is ending. And then uh, a plus 10 where it's like, oh, we've saved every marriage ever known to man. I'd say we're sitting about a negative two. Right. Because I've been there at conventions where legitimately people would come up to me and they'd say, hey, you know, this pornography helped save our marriage and helped bring back the spark in our relationship, et cetera, et cetera. But I've also seen more than my share of um, marriages and uh, relationships that have been ruined because of pornography, right? And I think I've seen way more of that than I've seen of the former. So when I look at it, you know, really stepping back and I've, and I've been in the business, so I'm, it's, it's not like I have a, a moralistic high ground, but just from my own personal viewpoint, I see that it, uh, it skews slightly net negative. Um, if we're looking society writ large, and then mm-hmm. you also have to look at the effect that it's having on younger guys today. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, I'm I'm 44 years old now, and when when I was younger, you, you had access to pornography, but it wasn't access like it is now. Yeah, um, you 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 didn't have this this crazy dopamine hit that you can get from uh, clicking to every website known to man that just didn't exist. Right. Like you were, you were lucky, you know, when I was a kid, like you were lucky if you had a playboy or a penthouse magazine and your parents didn't find it and throw it out. Right. And and you, it was like gold (laughs) under your bed. Right. It's like this brick of gold. And you're like, Oh my God. Um, So you know, when you look at the exposure that young guys have now, I think that's really hard for a lot of them. And the thing that's also been hard for them, not only do they have that constant dopamine hit, but in some ways, you do have guys that are kind of checking out of relationships, right? And especially as times have changed, right? Like, so now you've got different movements, you know, you've got the Me Too, you've got this, um, where now you have some guys that are Scared. Like I've met guys that are terrified to make a move in the bedroom, and I'm trying to tell them, like, look, you, you, you have to. Like, <laughs> like the, the the woman's not going to magically make it happen. Like, you, you have to be the leader. You have to be the initiator in that space. But they're afraid because, like I said, you know um, that they're afraid how they're going to be looked at. That it's going to be this this me too and these types of movements. So they're sort of checking out, and they're like, hey, you know, I've got uh, all this pornography online and i'll just sit at home and play video games and i'll just immerse myself in this and i'm not gonna i'm not even going to enter into uh the the rat race trying to you know get a relationship they're they're totally checking out and i think that's really negative because you know i mean ultimately that that affects society on a massive level when suddenly people are just staying at home playing video games and not actually going out to to get better, to socialize, to improve themselves. Like they're just staying at home because, well, it's convenient. And well, it's an orgasm, right?
1: You're right. I think there are two sides to this, as there are to most issues. There are negative aspects to it and the breakdown, if you like, of real communication amongst human beings. But the good news is that you, for example, you have slept with nearly 5,000 women, is it?
2: Five thousand plus or minus five hundred.
1: Okay. Well, we won't quibble about the five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so you have this encyclopedic knowledge of the female form and what works and what doesn't. So would you say that having learnt all that you have, you are an authority in in how to pleasure a woman?
2: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I would say I'm a I'm an authority because I went through the experience, but I had my eyes open consciously paying attention to things that were happening as I went through the experience. Well, I think that's a big difference.
1: Yes, that makes a difference, doesn't it? If you are conscious about what you're doing and and you seem to have planned it so that you took every aspect of the job, as you called it, and put your best effort into each of it, like, you know, taking the right supplements. Why why is it important to take supplements?
2: Well, because, uh, for example, um, things such as uh, L-citrulline, L-arginine, I mean, these are, these are nitric oxide supplements. And when you get into the whole chemical process that happens in your body, um, you know, nitric oxide is needed for an erection, right. And you can get it in foods, but it never hurts to also, uh, supplement it additionally as well. Then you can also, and this is something that I, I figured out myself. A lot of times the sensitivity that you'll experience as a guy can be related to your histamine levels. So what I found was I could manipulate my own histamine levels and change how sensitive, you know, i.e. how fast I would orgasm or not based on my histamine levels. So I started really going deep into all these little nuanced things like how can I, how can I show up as the best version that I can be? You know, in the same ways that, you know, you might have anybody who's a high- high performer. I mean you're always looking for well how can I how can I improve an extra 1%, right? How can I improve that extra half percent? Because you know if you're if you're improving, you know, half percent, you know, every month or every 6 months, you know, and then you start looking at your entire, you know, career. Wow, I mean you've just you've just, you know, improved by 20% or 30%. Like it's actually quite a lot. And in a business that, you know, is metaphorically very doggy dog right where each guy is trying to maneuver their way in the hierarchy because in in my business there definitely is a hierarchy and they would even openly talk about it it was like we would always say there were a-list performers b-list performers and c-list performers and it's not like there was one person that was like oh you're on this list it was a very collective effort like people would just be like oh yeah he's he's a-list he's b-list he's c-list and you know once you were there you you never changed because to change or to move up you would have to increase your performance ability and, and there's something that uh, i used to tell people that there's five keys like if you were going to be a a extremely well paid a list famous actor there was five criteria that you needed to have and number one was that you need to be able to obtain an erection in any situation and relatively fast, let's say within four or five minutes, right? Then number two, you need to achieve an orgasm on command when they tell you to, not before. And generally, from being told, you should be able to achieve it within a minute and a half. Then you you don't need to be, you know, metaphorically hung like a horse, but you know you shouldn't be tiny Tim either. So you need to be, you know, you need to be larger than average um, because Obviously, this is a visual. This is a visual event, and you're trying to create a visual product. Then, number four, uh, you should be decently good looking. Doesn't mean you need to be Brad Pitt, but you can't be the Hunchback of Notre Dame either, because otherwise, no A-list actress would want to work with you. And then, the most important was number five, and I think number five is really what. When you look at the, the top actors, it was the main thing that would separate them. And that was, you need to be able to create or extract something from the woman in the scene that would not have occurred or been there had you personally not been in the scene with her. And that was probably the most important thing. So you add up those five criteria and that's what it would take to be top level in my industry.
1: You've dissected this art of performance and, and been quite scientific about it.
2: Well, yeah. Um, because the thing that happened when I started down the journey, it, it was a total learning process, right? Much like you know, if anybody's building a business or they're doing things like I see where, you know, they do something and they're like, well, did, did that website work? Did, did this thing work? Right. And then if it didn't, they go back and they say, okay, well, what did work and how can I improve it? And you're just, you're doing a reiteration of it over and over. So here I was, um, you know, and I was, I was super young and it's like, well, you know, five days, six days a week, you're on set with a new woman every single time. And, you know, the thing is in the business, you have to figure things out quickly because there I am. It's like, okay, I've met this girl. We have literally just got to know each other for five, 10 minutes. That's it. Like there, there is at no point where you really get a sense of, well, who are they? What do they like? etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So what you end up doing is you end up almost like having like a radar system once you're you're starting the scene and you're working with them and you are in real time using every part of your you know sensory perceptions to figure out what do they like and what is working and you're getting that immediate feedback and you're changing things on the fly and you're calling that audible and you're just like okay well, I tried this. Oh, that's not working. Okay. Quickly switch. Let's try this. Oh, okay. That's working. Now we're going down a rabbit hole. Right. And so as I did that over and over, it's like, okay, well, you know, uh, when I do this, this works when I do that, it doesn't. Um, and then it, you know, the, the person would be, you know, you're working with a different woman and you try that again and you're like, okay, well that sort of worked on this person, but not quite. And so as I went through that, then I started to see the big picture. And that's where I started to see the matrix where it's like, okay, there are principles. So it's like everybody is individual, and certain things are going to work individually different for every woman. But there are principles. And if you follow the principles, that's where you can find that success. Because there are things that just are innate, and it's just how the bodies work. And, you know, for a lot of men, They've, they've never understood any of those principles, right? And even guys that I've told the principles to, it's like this gigantic light bulb that goes off in their head, because they just, they're like, how did I not see it? And these are guys that have, you know, they've, they've been having sex for maybe 20 years. And they've never seen it, right? And then it's, you know, it, it, it is that epiphany. It's like, as soon as you tell them, hey, you need to look for this, it's like they have this just total, total shock and awe. Like, how did I never see it? And I'm like, well, because you weren't paying attention. And that's what I mean. It, it's one thing to say, okay, I slept with 5,000 women, but it wouldn't mean anything if you're not paying attention to what is working and why. Like, if you're just going in there and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, uh, you know, just have some sex. And I'm gonna have an orgasm. You're not learning anything. You're not. And you know you will see uh, a lot of people out there. Like if they're if they're going into a sexual interaction and it is always entirely about them, and they are they aren't being aware of their partner, and they're not there to try and make the partner feel good. If they're just in it for themselves, they could sleep with ten thousand people, and they're not going to learn a damn
1: thing. Is that why you have taken it upon yourself to launch this campaign? In your book, you talk about transcending mediocrity when it comes to men and their performance in the bedroom. So, is that is that what you see as your mission?
2: One hundred percent. And it's kind of funny how how everything in my life has turned out. Because you know, when I uh, when I went down the rabbit hole of getting my NLP certification and um, and taking all the coaching courses there was no part of me that said, I want to be a coach, right? And and maybe you've had this experience where sometimes people can see you for who you should be better than you can see yourself. All these people, they're like, oh man, you should be a coach. You'd be so great. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't want to be a coach. What are you talking about? <laughs> And, uh, and because they said, wow, you know, you really, you, you can empathize, you can see things. You've got a good way of explaining things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys are crazy. I'm just going down this, you know, NLP rabbit hole for my own personal self-development. I wasn't doing it to help other people. I was doing it to help myself. And then of course, after that, that led to me working with shamanic plant medicines. So then as I was trying to discover you know what is my purpose? What am I here to do? I started going down the rabbit hole with the ayahuasca, and that was a beyond profound experience. So that that was all the setup for then what ended up happening was um, in Los Angeles. had a couple of different uh, civilian lovers at the same time.
1: I love that and you just, call just, them <laughs> civilian lovers
2: in the in, in in the porno industry. Yes, that's that's how we refer to anybody that is not in the business. They are civilians. Yes, yeah. It's it's a it's a distinct separation that we use. Uh, cause it is different, you know, uh, someone that is not in your business just doesn't understand the nuances of the business, right? Like if you're, if you're dating someone that is a fellow actor or actress, like, you know, what happens on set, you know, how it goes down, you understand, um, you just understand the whole game. So there's no fantasy of what might be going on on set. It's like, no, I know what goes on, right? But for people that don't understand that, you know, it is very separate. So we've always we've always referred to them as civilians. So <laughs> so I had a couple of civilian lovers uh, at the same time. And it was funny that all of them kept saying the same thing to me. They, they were all like, hey, I don't know what you're doing, but it's amazing. Please keep doing it. And can you teach my future uh, ex-husband or my future boyfriend these these techniques? Because like this is the best sexual experience I've ever had. And I was like, huh. And then I had I had one one lover. That she's like, you know, you really need to write a book about this stuff. And and it just kind of triggered a thought in my head. I was like, huh, that might be kind of interesting. And that idea just stuck with me for years, actually. And then as I went down this rabbit hole, just one day I woke up and I just had this. I just had this feeling. It was like, you know, if I die with this knowledge inside of me, I'll be doing a disservice to everybody because here I've been put through this experiment, let's call it, that no normal person should be going through, right? Like um, you could have, you know, all all the guys that are listening to this, you know, they may think that they want to sleep with 5,000 women, but they don't, you know, most of them, they just want to Have a little sex so they have an experience and then they want a family and they want kids. To go down this rabbit hole to the extreme that I have, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes along with that personal sacrifice, mental sacrifice, physical sacrifice, right? So it's like, well, if I've gone down this journey and I have accumulated all this knowledge that there would be no other way to accumulate, you know, that is my biggest gripe with the sexologists or sex coaching at large you'll have all these people that get up on stage and they have their TED talk and they have this and they're they're talking about uh, connection. And, and and I look at them and I'm saying, but you've never had any sex. Like, like, let's really look at that, okay? It's like, you wrote a PhD based on a bunch of books that you read about somebody else who read a lot of books or, or based on you asking people questions. Well, guess what? I've got news for you. When I was in high school, When I was in high school, every guy in the class said they were holding eight inches. I've been in porno for 23 years. Nobody's holding eight inches in my business. Okay. Professionals aren't having eight inches. So, I mean, where are these guys measuring from? Their tailbone? (laughs) But they'll all say that. So, you know, if you're going to go out there and you're going to say, well, you know, we have our, our studies on human sexuality. And we asked these people, you're not getting reality in any way. And, you know, if, if we step back and we look at, you know, any sort of um, medical intervention, right? It's like, well, if I have a heart problem, do I want to go to the doctor that has read 10,000 books on how to do heart surgery? Or do I want to go to the doctor that's done 10,000 operations? Like, I know who I'm choosing, right? <laughs> I'm like, no, that guy who's, who's who's been under the lamp with the scalpel 10,000 times, that's my guy. So that was a little bit of a rant, but that's the problem that I have with a lot of stuff out there is that I, I find it's not actionable for guys. You know, it's so much theory and it's not practical. And and then, you know, people are wondering why everybody's suffering from bad sex. And it's like, well, because they're not being taught what good sex is. They're not being taught anything. They're being taught some theoretical Babble that just blows my mind.
1: But I think your approach is is interesting. There's the physical aspect of what men can do to master their own performance, but it's it's also about the the mental aspect, isn't it? The overcoming the anxiety that you were talking about earlier. So is that where your coaching is centered? It's both physical and mental.
2: Yeah, it's definitely physical and mental. I I will say, you know, when people usually ask me. I'll tell them I say well sex is 90% mental, you know, because if you can't get your mind right, you will not get your body right. Like the body follows the mind. And you know, what's interesting, one of the things that I talk about is is if we look at the dynamic of male female relations in the bedroom. I find it gets really separated as to The roles that each gets to play, and so what I mean by that is, if we look at man meets woman, and um, there 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 might be a sexual interaction that's going to happen, the decision to have sex 100% rests in the woman's hands. Like as as guys, you know, we're 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 flooded with, I believe it's 17 times the testosterone that woman has, right? and testosterone is a hell of a drug. (laughs) You know, you ask any 16 year old boy and they're, you know, crawling out of their skin, right? It's like you, it's like this horny, I want to have sex with everything that's walking. So for guys, you know, most of us are on board. Like if a woman says, Hey, I will sleep with you. You know, you can, you can have all the guys there say, I would never do that. No, almost all of us are putting our hands up unless, unless, you know, unless she has a glass eye and a wooden leg. We're like, yeah, okay, for tonight, sure, right? So the decision, the decision really rests with the woman, she's the one that's going to decide, you know, she has all these suitors, maybe it's, you know, 10 guys that come up and ask her for her phone number, and she's going to pick who it's going to be, right? That decision totally rests upon her. But the act of having sex, that's the part that really rests with the man because it doesn't matter how much the woman wants to have sex. She could be, you know, this super tigress in heat that is just ready to literally rip his clothes off. But if he can't get an erection, it doesn't matter how much you want it. It's not happening that night. It's just not. There's nothing you can do. So that act is totally controlled by the man. You know, it's the same thing if he can't master his body, and he ejaculates in 30 seconds. You may have wanted him to last for 30 minutes. You may have been begging. You're thinking like this is going to be the best night ever. I'm going to have sex with him. It's going to be hour long marathon and then it's 30 seconds. And there's no control. The guy is totally in charge of the act on those two points that I just talked about. So, you know, that's how that whole dance works and it's all mental, you know? So, for a guy, if he can get his mind right, his body will follow. But if he can't figure out how to get past his anxiety, if he can't figure out how to control not only his erection, but his, his ejaculation, then he's finished.
1: So the answer is to read your book, I'm guessing, Unleash Your Sexual (laughs) Superpowers.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, well, I mean, we could go into different, uh, we could go into some different techniques and stuff that I talk about if you want.
1: I think we're running out of time here.
2: This, oh, okay. Wow, yeah. was-
1: <laughs> it's a shame, but maybe there's a, a space for another installment.
2: I'm I'm ready if you are. So
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's been a fascinating meander through the the world of pornography. Not that I'm an expert, but uh it's it's fascinating that you approached it from the angle you did and and took it as a personal project to become the best. So I've read it myself, so I'd recommend Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers, A Porn Star's Guide to Sexual Mastery. So thank you, Eric Everhard. It's been uh, a fascinating conversation, and uh, I hope that we'll be able to reconvene at another point and talk some more about men's sexual performance.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. Thank you very much, Ruth, and I am looking forward to it.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Eric. Be happy
0: Lasting Power of Attorney. Search your voice, your decision. Attention, please. We at HealthSpan would like to tell you something that, quite possibly, you didn't already know. Not all supplements are created equal. I know. Who'd have thought? We travel the entire globe to find the best ingredients for our vitamins and supplements. From the southern slopes of India for our turmeric to the cold, crisp seas of Greenland for our cod liver oil. Because that's the Healthspan way. Well, there you go. It's not every day you learn something new, is it? We're Healthspan. That's healthspan.co.uk. Vitamins and supplements. In-store or direct to your door. This this. This is Inspire Radio. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast. Maybe you would like to appear as a guest on the inspire radio if you would simply email inspire at inspireradio.co.uk now check out our website as well inspire at inspireradio.co.uk for all our program schedules presenter information and the latest podcasts where you can listen again check out our facebook page which is inspire radio uk once again a big thank you for you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast brought to you by the team at inspire radio copyright applies this is is inspire radio